Hi everyone, a few days ago I had a chat with Alexis from Zestful Lessons. She um, channels a variety of different beings, I believe also angels and ascended masters, but today we talked about dragons. Well, not today, a few days ago, but I mean now in the podcast that you're about to watch, we went into the topic of dragons, how we've experienced dragon communication, what they are here to do, their mission, what I've received through channeling and what she has received through channeling. So enjoy. I'm here with Alexis from Zestful Lessons and I found her on Facebook. Um, in I can't remember what group because I'm in a few different ones, but I posted something about dragons and you were very excited and I was like, yay, a dragon person. And we started talking and yeah, here we are. <laughs> yes, um, I think it was like in a starseed group or something. I'm, I'm not yeah. even sure anymore. I just was like, ooh. I need to get a podcast with this lady because uh, there's, it's not that there's not a lot of information out there. It's just, there's a lot of pieces. And also I feel like everybody's having a little bit different experiences, but this is an energy that is coming forward um, very recently. It's always been there, but definitely uh, it's starting to be activated in a lot of souls right now. And so um, people that have been on an Ascension journey for a while, um have been able to come forward with really interesting pieces of information and we're all kind of just figuring out this together so <laughs> yeah so, very interesting yeah i was reading your magazines um on your website uh what what was the website's name again well it's uh, the, mag the magazine is called activate your telephone line to source and uh, yeah, <laughs> came up with that a few years ago because I have a free video course and mm -hmm. I titled that Activate Your Telephone Line to Source. And I'm like, okay, I want to put a magazine together and bring all this information together, like just channeled information, but also tarot readings, astrology forecasts, all kinds of stuff. And then the dragon information that I was receiving. And I'm thinking, what is a good name? And then... They're like, like my guides, like just activate your telephone. You have a good name, activate your telephone line to source. I'm like, but that's already the name of the course. And they're like, don't, doesn't matter. Just use that name. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so yes, yes. Yes. I was reading, uh, what was it? March, April, and May. And oh my goodness, this is such a the, the magazine just resonated so deeply with me. And I loved how you, I could see how much work goes into this because of how many people's perspectives you have in there and how much activations, just reading through the articles, I was like being really activated mm -hmm. uh, during, I, I only read the dragon part because I didn't yeah. have enough time because they are uh, very informational magazines, but I was just like, oh, goodness I think I'm gonna have an amazing meditation tonight with all these activations yeah. oh lord hold on tight with the um with the uh the, uh, the shadow work that comes with that <laughs> yeah but that's that's the thing I felt like I was putting all this in for well I'm doing it with my husband and then we were like yeah okay we're gonna make this magazine little side project and then all these other people started getting interested uh, like friends of mine hey do you need somebody to channel 
uh, animals? Do you, I have an animal communicator? Do you need somebody to give you a tarot forecast or astrology? Hey, can I channel the elementals for you every month? I'm like, okay. And then like now I have this magazine with like a dozen different contributors that are all contributing. And I feel like it's this group uh, thing. It's like a little mystery school in a magazine. Yes. Yeah. I love yeah. it. It was, it was like community from all over the world. I It really resonated with me. And by the way, uh, for anybody listening out there, if you want to learn how to channel, I do have a course right now that's out that gives, uh, from my perspective, uh, how you can start channeling and learning how to listen into your higher guidance and your higher self. Putting that aside, um, when I was reading your um, magazine, well, right before I started reading it, uh, the first thing that came up was uh, what's called Dragon Code. Literally, I just wrote that on top and I was like, what does that even mean, Dragon Code, you know? Um, but I'm gonna read a little bit of what came through um, because we both know what you wrote on your, I know the viewers don't, so we can kind of go over that. Um, but so basically before I started reading her magazine, this is what came through. Since the beginning of your soul creation, there is a dragon that is created before you, uh, I'm sorry, before you specifically for your soul. So basically um, they were saying that this dragon, uh, time is very different for dragons than it is for humans. Um, we are created uh, equally as one and time really doesn't exist, but I guess from a human perspective, they're uh, they just age much differently. They're, they're, they take longer to age. You're just older in that type of sense. Um, and uh, so basically there is a dragon specifically created for your soul. And this gets a little bit deeper. The uh, dragon, oh, let's see, the soul's frequencies, geometric patterns, personality, uh, starseed essence in which uh, universe you are created from and or star essence you're created from um that the dragon matches um obviously the dragon is its own being within itself um but it also has to match kind of like when a soul comes into a human body it has to be able to hold a certain frequency um or the body is not going to be able to uh function correctly it may have a lot of illnesses and whatnot right and you'll still see this to still today with uh, really high frequency souls having people with extreme body illnesses and stuff because it's such a high frequency for the uh, the body to handle. But anyways, these uh, dragons uh, have to have somewhat of a soul coding match. So that way it's not either overwhelming for the human or so that way also that the dragon can get correct ascension. It just works together on the mission. Um, anyways, dragons are not as you imagined. Um, they're not pure destruction, chaos, and fear as they are um, seen in the films. Uh, one of us, uh, each one of us has different purposes, much like humans. Before a human is born, its soul comes into agreement in a very complicated coding way. It's not complicated why we're um, souls, but it's kind of complicated for human if you're not understanding what light language is and, and how it works on the other side. Um, with their guidance and uh, also dragons agree kind of almost like a contract in a sense, but not exactly um, to work with that specific human based off their mis uh, mis missions and purposes. 
Um, so basically they also have free will, much like we do to be able to uh, work with us or not work with us. Um, however, they are a very good coding match to us. Um, let's see. Okay, so so DNA coding frequency match and various other reasons. Okay, so they also could be matched with us for various other reasons too. It's important to match dragons to the right soul. So this way the soul and the dragon can ascend through one another. As you upgrade, I, I put upgrades, I didn't know. As you ascend, um, so does your dragon. Both of the light coatings changes, which the um, which activates soul DNA coding further in which the human body can handle. So that's the first piece that I actually wrote for um, before they become human, because in your magazine, kind of the next step was when you are in a lifetime and about to uh, meet your dragon again. I mean, you could have mm -hmm. met them in the past, but before you meet them again in this lifetime and, and in that remembrance, um, I kind of, for some reason, got the message of when they were actually like their souls were like starting to be created and stuff and what that perspective may look like so i just wanted everybody to know that both the dragons and and you have that free will to work with one another and it's like an unconditionally loving way of uh, a team coming together and working mm -hmm. so yeah it's like perfectly put into words but into different words that mean the same thing kind of like what i've been receiving it's very interesting because I have like my little notes here and, and basically what they were saying, I, I literally put it in bold font. It says like humans and dragons are allies that we're basically allies. We're here. We chose to be together as allies. And right. the way I, I saw it, the way I, they even showed it to me yesterday, I was talking to a friend about this, um, that they come because we are so much light like the old souls, the ones that are here with the spiritual mission activated to really come and do spiritual work and right. to transmute, help up to really shift this old energy, to shift out of this 3D and, and to help um, ascend the planet. They right. have these dragons with them. And because we are so bright, we are this big light, like this giant flashlight walking around. And that's going to attract a whole bunch of things that are attracted to this flashlight so the dragons are like this amplifier of the light and at the same time they are like this protection shield that's going to make sure that we can efficiently do our work and they're at the same time very grounding and also very connected to these higher realms and that we yeah that we're supposed to really trust them and lean on them for support and we have the free will to, to say, oh, I don't want to do this. But the mission is, of course, when you have a dragon guy to work with them and they would love, they're like super excited to get started. And, and that's <laughs> where their free will comes in, of course, where they see like, oh, yeah, this person is really ready to go. Oh, I want to make, make sure that they know that I'm here to work with them because it's like you were created when you go all the way back to source or like wherever your energy or pure energy, it's like this perfect, um, perfectly compatible, um, compatible combination. And then it's like a yin and, and yang symbol and it fits together. I was together just about perfectly. to get into that. <laughs> yeah. That is just about what I was gonna jump into here. Um, for something 
um, in that whole section, the first uh, part of your transmission in the uh, March uh, magazine, I talked about yin and yang. And for some reason, when I started reading that, I started channeling, um, when you talked about yin and yang, because dragons have the ability to be both and understand both, they have been able to sustain themselves through Gaia's frequency shifts, as well as humans. Now, I'm also going to throw in a little bit the um, planetary stuff here with uh, Gaia, but we'll go back to the human thing in, in just a second. But I, for some reason, Gaia loves for me to speak on her behalf, so I just, just got thrown in here. Uh, there are some dragons specifically made for balancing and working alongside Gaia's soul, like Codes. So not only do humans get the free will and the choice and the matching light codes, so does our planet and, and planets in general um, and, and suns and solar systems like it's like a whole thing. So um, they so they're like following along Gaia's soul light codes and mission. For the most part, um, the dragons that work with Gaia's energy and mission, um, they don't really have as much interest in humans, even though they understand that humans do 100% affect um, Gaia um, and we're made up of her, but they're really more focused on her specific mission. Um, and let's see, as an so their, their ascension is a very different path. Their coding is uh, kind of different than ours. These dragons, for the most part, are extremely ancient. They're they're one of the most ancient um, beings as far as dragons go. I feel like the ones that were coming through that work with humans, uh, for some reason, were not as old as these ones that were working with the planets. Um, they're very elemental beings, so they even communicate and they even look much different than maybe your human dragon would have. Uh, the look, you know, uh, let me see. Oh, and then they're also uh, very much in charge of uh, different grids to ensure balance and protection. So that's what I got after reading magazine one is that uh, these elemental beings, these dragons that work with Gaia uh, kind of are in protection and control. I don't want to say control, mode, but basically they look at each grid, like the tree grid, the uh, crystal grid, um, whatever it is, all the grids on earth, and they kind of make sure that they're in balance. So that's kind of like their job as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is kind of similar to some, of, I think I, I wrote it as well, that there are dragons that are really here for the planet and their goal is just to work with the planet. And they're like, yeah, the humans are here, but they're not gonna be guiding us. They're not our guides, they are basically assisting Gaia and then we have a whole set, different set of dragons basically that yeah. whose miss, mission it is to really assist the humans that are here to and they're to much different <laughs> yeah yeah and, and I encountered both kinds when I lived in Arizona in uh well very close to the superstition mountains which is like um this this mountain that, that there's a bunch of legends and myths connected to the mountains but then when i started to awaken to the dragon consciousness mm -hmm. um i started noticing that there was something about the mountain there was some energy that i didn't that i like was attracted to i'm like okay what is this energy and i lived in a trailer back then and i had already met my personal guide my dragon 
And um, so I was meditating and I'm just connecting to this mountain. And I'm just looking out of my little trailer window, looking at the mountain. And suddenly I feel everything vibrating. And it's like the, the ground was vibrating, but it wasn't really physically vibrating, but it felt like it was happening physically, like it was actually happening. And I look at the mountain and I see this really brown dragon like kind of going like this around this mountain. And I'm like, okay, the dragon introduced <laughs> itself to me. And then I started when I was walking there and I could feel its presence. And they're very protective of the land is what I feel. And when I moved, because then I moved back um, in 2018 and I looked at the mountain and I'm like with tears in my eyes, like, oh no, I'm going to miss you. <laughs> and I could really feel this dragon saying like, you'll be back. And, and this very like, was a, um, what I felt was like, it was a, 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 a male. Yeah, it was a male. And he was like this very fatherly dragon figure of like, you'll be back and, and don't worry, we will meet again. And you are always welcome here. Like they are protecting parts of the land. And yeah, they, they have, they're not really shy, I would say, but they don't really care for humans. They're not as much as, as the other type anyway yeah one uh so th two things i want to bring up here too um is dragons teach you um how to set healthy boundaries they really understand what it is and um they have a knowing of when you're ready for certain things um and they understand when you're kind of crossing the line or if for instance like in my meditation if i feel any type of fear or i feel like a um, entity is interfering, a person's interfering with my meditation, like their energy or something like that. My dragon makes it very clear that, um, you know, that this area is not, is not to be messed with at this time. I mean, anytime, but really during yeah. this time. And uh, you could especially see that during your meditations. Um, I met my dragon um, not too long ago during a meditation. Um, I actually didn't know her name for a long time. Uh, she has like a very dark feminine feeling to her, but she's not dark. She's unconditional love, but man, she's fierce. Um, mm -hmm. And so uh, she kind of reminds me, she looks kind of like the ones off of what's that, what's that dragon series of the girl with the white hair? I always read it. Um, Game of Thrones. The House, the House of, of Dragons. Dragon yeah. Okay. It looks very similar to her dragons, but I feel like her dragons are very skinny. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't get to eat They're very long. often. They're very long. <laughs> They're really yeah, long, yeah. okay. Mine, yeah. mine got some, um, you know, like a uh, grounding to her, you know. <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, she's very fierce, and she's not like some. There's so many different types of dragons. Uh, there's like water dragons. There's light dragons. There's you know, there's like elemental dragons. Uh, my dragon is very much a. Um, uh, so my soul is very much like the study of life. Um, and at first she was breathing fire, uh, when she wanted to like basically protect me, but now she kind of breathes out. Like, I don't know if you ever seen that series dragon tales or something where you like breathe out like magic or something. And it starts to turn the area into life around you, the colors and stuff. That is what she's doing now, but her name is Nali. And mm -hmm. I looked that up yesterday and, um, 
try to figure out what that name is. And it's something about your inner, inner soul or something like that. I, I forgot off the top of my head. I had too much mm-hmm. happened since then, but um, anyways. Um, and then the other thing I felt was really interesting too, is I loved how specific um, when you talked about uh, these families that got these really amazing dragons, when they actually were a physical being in front of you, when they allowed that at the time, the dragons kind of allowed that to happen um, because we were at a different consciousness level. These dragons, when they're being handed over to this person or something, and they're just babies and these families are like, it's not like, oh my gosh, I got a new cat or dog. No, it's like, um, the thrill and the excitement over, you know, like I said, with the DNA matching or something, it's like you're finding your old uh, sister or brother or something. Yeah. There are family members like on a soul yeah. level. And, and then later, because I wrote that before I saw a chapter that actually is like the beginning of the whole thing, because uh, I did a reading for my friend Chris, who channels dragons as well, and unicorns and mermaids. Mm-hmm. And she wanted um, more information on the dragons and her lifetime in Avalon with the dragons. And where I speak of that, that like monarchy, but it's not like we know monarchy. It's, right. It was a spiritual monarchy that actually came from Atlantis. And um, what basically happened in Atlantis, the way I was shown, like everything was collapsing. There was like lava everywhere, um, tsunamis. It was just a cloud of ash, like smog. And out of this cloud of smog, like hundreds of dragons are just like flying up out of this cloud with a bunch of like people on their backs and they're escaping basically like this dragon exodus of of Atlantis and they were spreading out to all these different places like they went to Avalon they went to Mount Shasta they went to the Himalayans Mount Atlas everywhere and their Mount Fuji and their dragon hotspots basically and they had to preserve this Christ consciousness Mm, and apparently the people that were riding the dragons were connected to the Lyran bloodline and because this Lyran bloodline is very connected to Christ consciousness, mm-hmm. um, that like in our galaxy, Lyra is one of the oldest star systems where Christ consciousness was first established. Mm-hmm. And there's um, this is what I've received. There's a stargate there through which the dragons came to Earth. And basically those families in in the story that I wrote in Avalon, they were the descendants of these Lyran dragon riders from Atlantis. And that's why the the match went so easily for these families. They were basically this monarchy, but they were like a spiritual monarchy that just had such a high frequency that also resonated in their physical bodies so that these dragons who came from these original dragons that escaped Atlantis, they would be a perfect match for these families. And that is why the, the, the merging went so well that they were such a good match together. Oh, wow. that, I just love the way you explain that. It, it just, it kind of, it puts in perspective because when you think, when we see like on uh, the television nowadays about uh, monarchies and all that, it's very like power and death and control and stuff. And when you explain that the way you did, it felt very um, like it just 
it just was, that was their mission. That was who they are. They, they couldn't change who they are. They were walking upon this earth in a certain frequency that dragons match in their frequency. And there is other civilizations with different types of teams, you know, and stuff at that point. And right now, um, for the people that are coming into remembrance, people that are going to resonate with this, it's just kind of like, we're kind of in this, uh, dragon tribe thing right now. And there are different types of activations for different people and different tribes. So it's kind of like equal across the board, but when it comes to dragons, um, yeah, having that kind of unconditionally loving frequency match was just the way you explained that was just so um awesome i just i loved it so um you also explained um going into the cave and meeting your dragon Mm -hmm. and i found that to be a very beautiful metaphor for like facing your own fears in this lifetime because often when we walk this path we choose to like embrace this whole spiritual journey and that brings with it a bunch of shadow work like you were saying earlier like you have to face your own shadows and somewhere this dragon is also a part of you and if if like you have to make sure that this frequency matches if you enter this cave and that is also why I draw their eyes because I didn't know for years I was drawing the dragon's eyes and and like people ask me oh yeah um, can I get a portrait of my dragon and what would they do they would like fly in front of me and Uh they would only show me their eye they would show me the eye and I'm like yeah but the I would like to see like all of you I want to draw this nice (laughs) portrait yeah but you only need this eye that's all you need they're gonna get all the activations you just reminded me oh my goodness I'm so sorry when you said the eye like that I was oh my gosh so last night um I'm sorry I don't mean to interrupt you uh but when I had read all three of them uh for some reason I had a harder time opening the third one I don't know why technical difficulties but um when I was getting to read the third one and before I actually went to a really big meditation which I'll talk about in a minute um I noticed for the first time that my dragon's eye and my eye aligned with each other and the dragon allowed me to look through its eye and its third eye to kind of see the world in the perspective that the dragon sees it. And let me tell you, everything, you could see everybody's like energy, the the weird light code symbols that are around them, their auras, like you see everything when you match up your eye together. And obviously like, um, I'm a very busy human right now with family life and everything. So I don't always have my focus on that. Um, but when I kind of calm down and I, I reconnect to that, it was just like a whole nother way of seeing things. And then I was just like, I don't, I don't understand any of this, but <laughs> like, what are those? Well, what are these now? <laughs> well, I'm sure it's going to explain itself and you'll like receive more information on like, why were you shown that there was, must be a reason. I'm sure that it's, interesting it's going to reveal itself in more detail but yeah their eyes are apparently that's what they were telling me anyway uh that's where the activation is and then it's when i saw that whole cave initiation thing when i relived that moment then i understood the whole thing because then my my dragon like i saw myself in this dark cave and there's the shadow coming closer and suddenly i see it's like my dragon it's in his head is like yeah about a foot like taller than my height where Mm -hmm. I'm standing in this this well experience 
And so immediately there's this, this feeling of fear, but then afterwards in the story, I'm like, oh, but this is my dragon, but you are gigantic. But then, as, and then you have to choose like immediately to go to your heart and connect yes. from your heart to their heart immediately. And that means, and that's a metaphor for in this life, when you feel fear, still go to your heart and open your heart and feel everything. And in this, this connection, in this moment, immediately you feel like you have this dragon as your protector, as your ally. And that's when you attune, like you're attuned to, you, to your dragon's energy in that moment. And then he said, because my dragon is uh, a male dragon. And he <laughs> said, well, it's this one, the blue one over there. That's mine. That's my husband's dragon. But <laughs> she always wants to be in the picture. So... Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, she she's very um she's social, very uh extroverted. So mine's a little more introvert. It's funny how they have personalities, but we'll get into that in a little bit. So yeah. so in the cave, um now I lost. You were in the I cave was. and then you were um saying that you have to like kind of let go of that fear and get into your heart space. It was mm -hmm. coming you in a kind of a shadowy way go on yeah and then yeah so you realize like okay when you open your heart that if you could do this that's what he told me right away like if you could do this in a past life you could face this fear right here then you can do anything if you like in this lifetime we don't have these big physical threats we don't have like wars the way we used to have wars with millions of soldiers like fighting on the battlefield we still have wars but they're very mental wars a lot of the yeah. time and political wars and stuff like that and the dragons are saying these things are still going on but we are well fighting um we're just navigating uh this world in different ways um in subtler ways and we are still here to offer our assistance but you have to completely open up to us it's like they want us to fully open up they say we can only help you as far as you are willing to let us in right. as far as you're willing to open up to us and if you do that if you trust that we are going to be there like after you you step into that cave in that moment and it's like okay i trust you i'm here i'm this tiny human and you're a gigantic dragon we're in a cave all alone there's nobody here you could just eat me or whatever but and and like when you say i trust you with my life and then they're going to also say, I trust you with my life because the dragon people think, OK, yeah, there is this really big dragon, but they are also scared and they have to completely open their heart to you. And humans can be very impulsive. You don't know what they're going to do. So they have to open their heart and love you unconditionally. And when you do the same, then you have this bond and you amplify this energy and together you can do so much more than on your own. And that's why they came back to assist us. Of course, they're not physical and we can't see them. And it would be really cool if all of a sudden they would come uh, flying through the skies. And that would be super cool to witness that one day. Who knows? But we can work well, with them still. Well, what I will say to that is going back in your perspective on how it felt kind of meeting your dragon. Um, just from your perspective, I, if anybody's ever went hiking and sit on top of a mountain, it kind of reminds you, it turns down your ego. 
you get to see all of the lands and everything. Yes, you're standing on top of the world kind of feeling, but at the same time, it really humbles you. So when you're meeting your dragon, um, after that fear kind of, you know, moves through you and everything, and you're kind of in that accepting of, yes, I'm really willing to work with you. Uh, the dragon has a way of humbling you in a sense, kind of the same way you would feel standing on top of these huge volcanoes or mountains during a really nice hike. So um, if you ever had that type of feeling, even of being somewhere ancient or something like that, that is a very similar uh, emotion to go through as you're, as you're um, meeting them and as you're working mm -hmm. with them. My dragon kind of came in through a meditation and I'm not going to lie. She came in really fierce. I mean, there was no, it was not an easy introduction. I feel like your introduction was, um, way well, that was not really the introduction that was, um, that was just a few months ago. It was this moment oh. that I relived, but I'll, I'll like tell you Sorry. the whole story in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, she came in through my meditation and she was fierce. Okay. And I was like, Anytime that um, I've had to deal with this life with a lot of fear, I've had a lot of near-death experiences, and I've had very traumatic stuff happen to my body. So my ego is kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to die. Always. That's the first thing it goes to, like, I'm going to die. Like, yeah. I went safe right now, you know? And um, through mentoring with people and just me, myself, I've gotten to the point where now I'm kind of like, okay, I'm grounded. I'm not going to die, brain. This is just yeah. something I'm going through, like an activation I'm going through. It's not... I mean, it's real, but it's not like what you're perceiving it as. It's not, not the same. You're not understanding what's going on here, you know, you know, but when she came in, it was kind of like what actually reminded me who she was is when I was a child going through some of the worst abuse that I, I had ever experienced in my life. Um, I had drew this gorgeous dragon. Okay. And I'm not really a drawler. I did a little bit of drawing when I was little, but, um, for some reason, this picture of this dragon came out perfect. And it was like this uh, dragon kind of, I explained to you earlier, kind of bulky, uh, big black dragon, um, like wrapped around me. And I was just this girl. I wasn't the little girl, the age that I was. I was this grown woman with this long blonde hair um, standing right next to my dragon with my hand on, on this dragon. That's what came up in my head. And I think it was like eight or something when I drew that. And I can't find it anymore. I really wish I could. Um, but anyways, what I was drawing was like my, what I perceive as my higher self, especially at that time, your higher self kind of changes, which I mean, I, I could, that's for a different video, but yeah. um, I, what I was perceiving myself as my higher self at the time is what I had drew myself in the future and with my dragon. So that's what also came to my head. And I was like, but still that fear through my body, how you explained, I was like, oh shit, I want to die. <laughs> But then after that passed, it was, it's different. And now when I go into my meditation, she's very protective. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. That story was, was a few months ago where I was back in that moment. It was kind of like a time travel moment, but the, the first time I actually met my dragon was also in Arizona when I was living in my trailer I had just had a spiritual reawakening because I was always psychic as a child, but then I kind of numbed it down, wanted to be normal. So mm -hmm. then when I was about 30, 31, I was in my trailer and I was doing an Avalon meditation that I had purchased off of somebody um, online, like a 45 minute meditation. And for some reason, I'm like, okay, Avalon. Let's try it out. I'm like, this is going to be nice. This is going to be relaxing. 
and I'm doing the meditation. She's talking about you're in this field and there's a breeze and all this stuff. And all of a sudden I'm flying and I'm look down, I look down and there's this <laughs> sound and, and I see this dark blue, like metallic blue dragon. And I'm like, okay, what's happening? Who are you? Where am I? What is going on? Why are you in my meditation? And he's not saying anything. He's just like, flying, not saying, but I felt really at ease. And then he puts me, he like lands, puts me on the ground and he's just like super nice to me, not really speaking still. And then I just continue with the meditation and I open my eyes and I'm like, well, that was interesting. And then I think a day or two later, I meditate again, but I'm not really doing a guided meditation. I'm just kind of focusing, going within and I'm on my bed. And suddenly I see these wings around me and I'm in a cocoon of of wings, like an egg almost, but it's, and it was dragon wings. And I, I saw these wings wrapping around me and I felt this, this light, this feeling of love, like being in a womb. And that's when I suddenly saw my dragon and I felt this love and this protective cocoon that he was putting but I was going through a very tough time I was in a very uh, abusive relationship I was about to leave and uh, I was very stressed and and planning basically how to get out of the relationship with my then three-year-old daughter and I was just scared and I was really terrified every day And so this dragon came through and said, my name is Aurelius, he said, and I am your guide and I'm protecting you. And I'm, and I'm just feeling super calm and I feel everything just melting away. And I'm like, wow, okay. And then I started looking up like dragon stuff, like spiritual meanings of dragons in different cultures and all this stuff. And yeah, I started meditating with him more and more. And that's when I drew this eye because he said, draw my eye and just look at it every day. And that's all you have to do. And I will tell you everything you need to know will come through the eye. And and I will just give you all the information. I'm like, okay. (laughs) So, but, but that's also the reason I feel why the church um, has demonized dragons or like the middle ages, the the knights that are slaying the dragons, because they are actually very connected to the true Christ teachings that have of course been completely changed by the Roman church. So the dragons are actually the allies of the true Christian teachings, the true Gnostic teachings of Mary Magdalene and mother Mary and Jesus the the true uh, mystical Jesus that is. <laughs> I'm getting all goosebumps because I you, you, I told you this over um, email or or whatever Facebook um, is that my team I call them my team just to make things easier for me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like mainly Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, uh, Jesus, but prominently the women, and it goes back to like the ISIS teaching and half the war, like it's very, mm-hmm. um, that's something that really awakened, uh, that for me was the book Sophia code. Um, uh, but before yeah. I had read that book, the, um, there was a guy that actually bought some bison meat from, I don't know why it was just the weirdest thing, but I was really attracted to him and he was selling bison meat and I was like, sure, I'll, I'll buy some. <laughs> so <laughs> really weird, but he was actually an actor in a, um, 
I don't know what what is it called. It, it's it's a new series that's out. It's a whole that um, has like Jesus, um, a perspective of Mary Magdalene. Obviously, it doesn't give the perspective of like her being um, Jesus's partner or anything, but it did give a better perspective of her um, and how she went through like traumas and stuff like that. And um, I mean, obviously, it was a little different. I've read a lot about Mary Magdalene um, on the side and her daughter Sarah um and kind of like the teachings like ancient teachings that these women went through um in Egypt to be able to kind of match their um male counterpart partners or these big souls that were coming in to be able to help each other ascend and get the job done um and they would work together so it was like an equal Mm -hmm. definitely you could see in the last few hundred years how um the the masculine the the dark masculine because there's both there's yin and yang for um both feminine and masculine you could see the dark masculine kind of like uh coming through and um kind of giving the feminine kind of a um like a not trusting very uh we don't know what's happening um kind of especially when it came to um magic uh with like intercourse and all that stuff it was very uh, demonized so um but that's all of that's kind of wrapped together with the dragon consciousness kundalini and all of that it's all like kind of together and it's like the big missing piece to um a lot of the people that are questioning you know nowadays of what you know where these dragons come from or or what are you talking about this christ consciousness with the dragons Mm -hmm. Because I live in the uh, the what is it the Bible Belt, so I had to have a lot of um, inner like strength posting um, stuff about Christ dragons, you know, and the judgment that comes comes with that because people now are stepping forward like, hey, this is a real thing. (laughs) Like we gotta bring back these little teachings because these dragons are amazing, Mm -hmm. you know. But I also had a question aside from that. so each one of us has, I'm, I'm assuming at this point, you probably have some form of etheric wings. Um, so um, I have like two or three pairs. Honestly, I'm kind of like on the edge of if the second pair just changed or if I have a third pair now. And um, kind of wanted to know um, your thoughts on, so you, there's dragon wings. And I understand my second pair of wings look a lot like my dragon's wings. And um, I kind of have a question is, um like you use these wings and even angels and uh, you look at angels and they have wings on them and it kind of helps you through um ascending through these different realms that your human body may not be um we're not equipped right now physically to experience but our our energetic body is so we're given these etheric wings as tools so when you're riding your dragon um, and you're visiting these different realms or whatever you want to call them. Um, do you, can you like in a way activate these uh, etheric wings along with your dragon while you're riding your dragon to kind of like, um, kind of boost y'all up into like a, a higher frequency or something, I guess, if you want to say, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of a weird question. Yeah, but that, no, that's actually a very interesting question. Um, and what I, I have not really seen that yet because when I'm in my like when I'm in my meditation with my dragon I kind of mm-hmm. look at it from my eyes and I see my dragon I'm aware of my dragon but I'm not really aware of me and what I look like so mm-hmm. I haven't really paid attention to that 
but I have seen myself when I do like I meditate with just my higher self and I try to connect to my higher self because last summer I had this whole remembrance, this very dramatic experience actually, um, where I remembered my angelic origin. I based, I wrote a story about it on my website as well and on my blog, where I basically went all the way back to the beginning. But I had a near-death experience last summer where I stopped breathing for about a minute um and and I completely stopped breathing and my husband said you were gone you were completely gone and I don't remember any of it and I completely went up to this golden light and basically I saw that I was a seraphim angel that I was basically one of the seraphim originally and I decided to come down here like super long ago and start well not here in a bunch of other star systems and ultimately here on earth and that my dragon was also originally from the seraphim realm, but that he was a dragon and that they matched the, the energy. Like you said, that we were both of this seraphim energy. And right. that's why now we work together and we have worked together. And um, I, the way I was shown is like you can be from any part of source energy. There's pure elemental souls that are incarnated here that are like pure gnomes or, or mermaids or whatever. <laughs> and yeah. I've seen that they have dragons that are like pure earth dragons that match that. They're like one energy kind of. It's kind of like, okay, I'm gonna just make a really silly um, comparison. Like you have a banana, and then you have like a banana ice cream, you have banana milkshake, it's all like banana, the banana family. So they, they go together. And then you have like um, somebody that is like a broccoli and then you have like a broccoli soup and, and whatever. It's like all going yeah. well together. It's from the same origin, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you, during your meditation, another question, I guess, um, something that I have, um, it, it seems to me um, that you're really good with uh, Akashic records, very, yeah. like, very aware of like past life, probably really good at reading other people's like past lives and events. What I'm very good about is astral projecting outside my body, even when I'm awake and something with that I've had a really hard time, like, uh, allowing that skill to come forward because of the ungroundingness that comes with that. <laughs> um, yeah. It's very terrifying. Um, but near-death experiences kind of helped, um, chronic problems or whatever, that kind of all put in perspective. As soon as I let go of my fear, um, I kind of um, really gained access to the skill. So what I've been doing during my meditations is... Um, I have been kind of studying my um, dragon. I will like kind of sit down with her or stand, it depends on the position. And um, I will kind of feel like I will literally close my eyes and I will feel on her like face around her nose and kind of like near her eyes and maybe around her teeth. And I noticed when I got around her teeth that like there, I had a fear of her biting me. I was like, ooh, that's an interesting little shadow work yeah. that to work on and then but just like understanding her texture and like becoming one with that and you literally can start feeling it on your hands like it is mm -hmm. your brain is literally like if you go grab a leaf outside it's like you're literally holding this leaf exception of it's not your physical body's not doing it it's all your etheric or your or higher self doing this and I feel how like I have opened that senses up to be able to um feel in the other realms mm -hmm. and I was like 
this is the most incredible. So that when I'm very stressed and, you know, I've had children screaming at me all day or, you know, life's just hectic. I kind of just sit down with my dragon, like even if I'm in my bathtub for a few minutes and I just like, I literally takes your inner child for you to pretend you're sitting down with your dragon and you're like, what does this dragon feel like? And then all of a sudden that texture will come to you. And the first thing that's going to come to your mind is doubt. Nah, this is not real and all that. And it's like, you have to be like, you are a child. There is no doubt in your head when you're a child, you just Mm -hmm. kind of go for it and experience it. Whatever happens, happens, you know? And so really opening that inner child really helps uh, experience this dragon, dragon realm as well. So that's something I wanted to add in there as well. Yeah, because that's basically what it is. Uh, as a child, when we are young, we don't have this programming yet. We haven't received this programming of, oh, you are imagining things, you're lying, you're making things up. You're just open and you're just experiencing all of these multidimensional realities. And because they're non-physical, you just experience them in different ways, but the adults around you, they've already switched off all of these layers. These other realms, they can't access those anymore. So because they can't see any of it, they're gonna be like, oh, you're imagining uh, something. My my parents or my mom was very like, you're right here, you're right now. Like, I don't know what you're saying, you're making it up. Like that's kind of like, it was, she was very like, well, I guess my, my line of women are like, um, doesn't really understand that feminine empathy. And it's like, um, I definitely came here to break that as I also have two daughters myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so anytime my daughters, cause, uh, interestingly enough, when I looked through the eye of the dragon, I saw both of my daughter's dragons and, um, they're kind of weighing around. Obviously they have no clue about them yet, or maybe they do, you know, and they don't really know how to communicate it. But anyways, uh, they, it's just when my daughter points out something, even if I'm busy, I'll just be like, Oh, wow, that's great. Like, look at that. And, And then like, make sure that I, she knows that I'm like paying attention. Like, uh, she discovered this truck or something like I will name it and kind of resonate with her because I'm waiting for her to get to a point where she starts talking about these, um, you know, her dragon and these, and these other things. And so that way she knows that, you know, oh, wow, well, there is somebody else on this planet, like my mom, that I really trust that sees them too. And I think that's really important for us, even if you're not a parent or, um, you are a light worker, if you have contact with children and whatnot, and you, you have the ability to speak up in this type of way, to be able to communicate like what they're seeing and stuff, because it really will accelerate their inner child healing like they'll have less to do when they're older kind of thing you know yeah Yeah, definitely I can tell now my daughter is eight she's gonna turn nine this year and like everybody is always blown away when they hear the stuff that she's able to do when to me it's just I didn't have to do anything special all I had to do was validate her experiences and just that's all I had to do and now she's automatic writing she sees and talks to her dragon she can bilocate on command basically she says oh I can just meditate and I decide where I go and and I can like decide everything I thought everybody could do this I'm like no not everybody can do that yeah yeah no it's exactly right and if you want to go a step further you know um I read my kids a lot of magical books and stuff when I can I mean obviously they don't their attention spans not very very far but right now because they're only they're very young. So, um, anyways, but my point is, is literally the minimum thing you have to do for your children is just validate what they're saying. 
or what they're mm-hmm. feeling. Literally, that's all you have to do. Yeah. Anything else is just like you're going the extra mile. <laughs> yeah, they're going to be confident in what they are receiving and seeing. And she did have a, a period when where she was like two and a half, I think, where she started having night terrors, those horrible yeah. nightmares where they're like standing up and like sitting up with their eyes open and you're like, what is happening? But they're yeah. asleep, but they're yeah. screaming. And, mm-hmm. I, and I was getting, but she, we were going through a very rough time with my ex and there was just a lot of like dense energy and she's super sensitive. And I was yeah. working with Archangel Michael at the time. Well, still, I still work with him every day, but, but then I started really working with him and we started, we created this little angel prayer, like super simple prayer, like Archangel Michael, please uh, thank you for staying with me um, uh, in my in my sleep and protecting me in my bedroom. Thank you or something something easy that she could say. And she said, "Okay, well he's here now and he has a sword." And then the next day she'll tell me like there was something that tried to come in and he slayed it with his sword. And then I was able to go back to sleep. And then she she <laughs> oh, didn't have any more so nightmares. That's yeah. So- I love that. My kids, my, my daughters, my oldest daughter, my youngest is too young to really, I mean, she just sleeps. She's good. But my, my oldest daughter, she's about that two, almost three years old. And she wakes up sometimes too and stuff, but she's so fierce. Like literally she'll wake up in the middle of the night and just start roaring at things. We go to the store, she's roaring at people because she thinks she's a dinosaur. And I'm trying to really like, if you love dinosaurs, this is kind of getting close to your dragon thing. I'm going to flow with it, you know? So yeah. I kind of let her be, but speaking of kind of like that dark stuff, the last thing that I kind of like uh, channeled with some of your um, messages that you had channeled, uh, transmissions that came through for you, um, if at any point, this kind of comes with that boundary setting thing that they do, uh, you decide to make decisions that are in which your soul would be controlled, uh, contain, or use out of your personal will. So this is not a fear-based thing, this just is. If you decide to join a, a group that um, its will is very uh, not with unconditional love, very controlling, um, yeah. I really don't think I really have to go further with what I'm trying to say here. Um, your dragon has a right to cancel contracts with you. It has a right to back back away from that and be like, this mm-hmm. is not what I signed up for mission wise. And because everybody has free will, if you choose to go a different way. And there is the thing is, I want to explain to everybody to take the fear right out of here is the universe does not see good or bad. That is a very human thing. Um, there just is the darkness is just lessons. And it kind of lets you reflect like, oh yeah, this we shouldn't do that again because that kind of sucked or, you know, that's kind of uh, how I see darkness and all of it's kind of a reflection of uh, what humanity needs to work on and, mm-hmm. and things that um, may not resonate with us. So we know, and that's just also a way universes is growing and learning consciousness is growing itself. Um, so um, has the right to cancel contract with you if it chooses to do so. And I say contract, but it's really more complex than contract. Um, yeah. And uh, be rematched with the soul with uh, a potential match. So even though this dragon was created for you and it has very, uh, very similar light codes to you, um, this dragon has the option to wait for another soul that has similar coding to come forward. And this could take a very, very long time or it could take mm-hmm. the next life that comes through, you know? Um, 
Um, but it has the option to do so. Um, but it's, it's not very common. Usually your dragon is like your dragon, but it is yeah. also a choice that they can make. This is, uh, this could take a while if the dragon stays. Uh, so your dragon also can decide to stay and experience through you what you're experiencing with this control and everything. Because at the end of the day, it's your soul, um, you know, your essence. I don't believe anybody can take that away from you no matter what you hear. Um, it's just an experience that you will experience that may be unpleasant. So um, they can stay with you and choose to feel this dark experience uh, with you. So that way they can kind of gain some type of dark side of ascension. Um, but they will continue to move on with ascension, no matter if your soul decides that it wants to stay in that realm of unpleasantness or if it wants to move on from that. Um, dragons are specifically made for you, but they also require your soul to have maturity to choose unconditional love. They uh, will also only be revealed if the soul is ready for humans, uh, for humans to be ready. It could take a few lifetimes or it could take just one. Um, even though you could have had past lives with, uh, you know, this dragon or even be on other planets with this dragon, um, you may come back as human. And because the, um, the uh, consciousness could be so dense here, it may take a few lives for you, for this human body and for your uh, subconscious to kind of be mature enough to be like, oh, wow, we can astral project and then we could also see dragons now. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Hey, friends. <laughs> you know, that that's like what I mean by that. Um, and then, yeah. So each life, though, no matter how you come about this, like if you're from another planet and then you come here and it takes you a few lives, no matter what, there will always be some type of reminder. Even if you're not ready that life, you may see something with a dragon on it and you're like, oh, well, that's mm -hmm. interesting. Or you may be really into it. Or it will cross your mind at some point. So it's kind of a reminder like, hey, we're here, but when you're ready. So that's yeah. a lot of things that came through for me uh, when we talk about uh, kind of that dark stuff. But it's just kind of, uh, I guess what, uh, other than the soul DNA stuff that wanted to come through, I, I really guess what wanted to come through is that boundary and that free will is like they have their own thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but that is interesting because I, a few weeks ago, I saw um, the higher self of somebody that I was attuning to but they are going through a very tough time and are actually kind of cut off from their higher self. So I was connecting to the higher self and the higher self is like, yeah, they're making some bad choices basically. And there's nothing like they're not listening to me. And this, this big dragon was standing behind this higher self. And you could see the dragon was there and like, and I was there with my dragon and the dragon was like, I'm still here, but they're not asking me for help. So I'm just observing and I'm just going to stay and observe. But there's, I'm not intervening because this is not my place. It's not my place right now because they're making choices that I don't agree with. So, right. so like, exactly like you said, they can, if they see like, yeah, this is not going to be, they're not going to change. Then the dragon has the right to just say then I'm gonna go and see where my assistance is needed where I can be of service where I can help and because if there this person isn't gonna do anything then then the dragon is just basically suffering from witnessing how this person is completely cut off from the higher self and from the dragon and all of their spirit guides 
Mm-hmm. And it's not something that couldn't be called back in the future. It just would be very different at that point if that dragon decided to um, take up other other responsibilities. I don't know what that looks like as I've never experienced that, but that's just what was coming through to me. And I and I just wanted to let everybody know that it's very much, I will say privilege, even though it's kind of a triggering word for some people, it's very much a privilege to work with these um with these beings and with everything as a human whether you're building a business uh working on having a family um working on your ascension whatever it is um working on a relationship it does take that five percent effort in uh your conscious choice to to do these things if you're a person that um i'm not gonna say like wasting their life but just kind of like not having the intentions of ascending this life even though you have the capability with your body and your soul essence but you're in this huge avoidance and you're to the point where you're you've just decided this life it's just not for you that that dragon 100 percent can be like hey i'm gonna experience this with you because i want to understand what it feels like from a human perspective to suffer or whatever it is suffer and avoidance or whatever um because i'm not human and I don't know but at the same time they could be like um I don't have time for this like I I, I'm on my ascension game right now and I will say a lot of the more ancient uh dragons they don't have time to be playing around Mm -hmm. but like you're you're a very high frequency being you get this very high frequency dragon they're not playing around they're like this is what we need done we're gonna protect you we love you spend time with us we'll be patient with you but if you at Mm -hmm. any point decide that you do not want to work with us or um you know, you're choosing choices that are not of unconditional love. And this has to be pretty detrimental choices. It's not like, oh, you lied to someone once or something, probably look at you like, what the hell are you doing? You know, but that, that's it. But it's more like really serious stuff. And, and you're just not moving along in a, to help Earth's ascension. Then they're just kind of like, okay, well, you know, we're going to go over here. And, you know, if something comes along where I could do other things in the meantime, you know, until you're ready, or they may completely just say, you know, um, universe, God, creator, or, you know, um, these ancient dragons that they kind of like report to, or, you know, like whoever they work with their, their guidance, they will be like this. We got to kind of rewrite this contract because this, this is not working. She's not into this. He's not into this. So um, I got to make sure that my soul's doing what it needs to do. Yeah, I can definitely tell with my guide, like he came in at this point where I was ready to to remember basically why I was here. And he came in and it was clear from the beginning that he was like, yeah, but we're here for a mission. We're not going to be playing around, but in a very loving way, like very loving but like I'm here because we're, we have work to do and remember why you're here. You are mm-hmm. important. You're doing important work and I am here. Let's do this. Let's do this together. But you have to face these fears. You're going to yes. go through shadows. You're going to go through stuff and you're going to have to look at yourself, but you don't have to do it alone. And if you're going to go for it, I'm going to go for it with you. But then you have to say yes. And that's what they're waiting for. You don't have to like say it out loud, but they want to feel that your soul is saying, yes, I don't know what's ahead of me. I have no idea what I'm doing. Like if you're in this world and you realize that you're here on this spiritual mission and that you have this dragon guide and you're like, okay, I'm going to trust that I am supported, that I have this guidance system 
that that I'm not doing it on my own and you're just going to do it. That's what they need to hear. Just like, okay, you're just doing it without, you're just surrendering control, basically. Absolutely. And, and with all your guidance, really, I just want to um, put it out there is that there is no, there's not any judgments. Um, you're, the judgment that you're experiencing is actually your own subconscious because um, evolution for each species looks very different. And for us, um, it requires us, I, the way it is, is to kind of make dumb decisions before we actually can learn some things. Uh, I call it dumb, but like really challenging decisions sometimes. Um, experiences that we have to go through before we realize like, hey, like this doesn't work and stuff. So there's not really judgment. I mean, you could be as silly as you want. You can be as, um, you know, serious as you want. What, what all that matters is like that little 5% effort that you're making, even if that means like you're, uh, you know, you're a very busy person, you're walking about outside, you have five minutes to look at the park, you know, when you're on break or something at work and you're like, like thinking in your head because it's telepathic, you don't have to speak out loud and, um, you know, feel like you're being judged. Basically, uh, you could just kind of telepathically say like, hey, Dragon, I'm here with you now, you know, like kind of like, I just want to let you know, check it in with you. Just the human experience is a lot right now, but I'm here with you or something like here and there, the dragons really love that reassurance. But I will say something else that's coming to me right now. And I don't really know why, but when um, I want to tell you yesterday, yesterday about my experience, I'll make it kind of quick here, but after I had read your, um, you know, your transmissions that came through, um, I was having huge activations within myself. Um, and, uh, I went to meditate. And for me, what that looks like is uh, taking a bath with all the elements, you know, fire, water, whatever, earth, air. And, um, and for me, it kind of like, um, when you ride your dragon, um, it's a very grounding experience. So you would think that it would feel like kind of how it feels like having an outer body experience or like an astral projection ungrounding, but it's actually quite opposite. It feels like you're like extremely grounded. And the only other time I've ever felt like that, but haven't been able to sustain myself is like when I ground myself to Gaia, but I feel like when I ground myself to Gaia, I really pick up a lot of energy sometimes that you know, that are unwanted during my meditation. So grounding to my dragon was a whole nother realm of peace when writing the dragon. Yeah. 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 Now that I think about it, you're right. Cause it feels very safe and I feel not very much like in my crown, like when I'm meditating with angels, it's just all here and I have no body awareness at all. But yeah. when I'm meditating with my dragon or that moment in that cave or like any meditation where I consciously call upon my dragon, it's like everything comes back, like is being compressed into a ball of like your center. You're not just floating in your you know it's yeah. it's kind it's, of yeah it's kind of like I, um it's, it's kind of like to explain. <laughs> yeah it's kind of like it charges your root your root yeah. uh, uh what is it chakra it really uh charges you in that area and it kind of gives you that very secure comfort it's in in the in the bond that you share in that moment it's kind of like when you're in the mother's womb and it's just yeah. you 
you can't really mm-hmm. hear anything else. Like you can maybe hear mumbling outside of you, but it's just you and mom. It's kind of how you feel with riding your dragon. It's just you and dragon and whatever your dragon's personality like in y'all's it's very intertwined and made for each other. It's very grounding. Um, she charges me um, very much in the ways that I need because my lower chakras and a lot of people on planet earth right now are working on their lower chakras. Um, uh, it kind of, gave uh energy to the places that were because of the shadow work and trauma I was holding or am holding um kind of the energy wasn't running as good in that area she kind of um was able to kind of charge that and something else that I really want to implement um when meeting your dragon and something like that if you want to kind of before you start um, writing your dragon, all that, that's something that I feel is really helpful is um, imagining a gold ball coming in from the earth, the middle of the earth, up through your body from like your toes to your legs to your um, abdomen up into your heart space. And you're kind of like holding this ball into your heart space. It kind of gives that because Gaia is a huge heart based planets of unconditional love Um, and she's kind of able to provide that energy for you to hold for you to be able to understand and experience so that way you could um you know kind of gain access to what you need to get done I don't know how else to put it Um, so basically if you kind of hold that um you could kind of invite in your guidance a little bit easier it kind of just makes the transition a little easier because that focus you're real focused on that and, and what's going on. So that's something I also use sometimes too. But when I was in this meditation, I flew with my dragon to this beautiful golden city. I don't even know. I'm not, I, I maybe have saw it in one other meditation before. Beautiful golden city. I'm not going to lie. When I went to um, land, I kind of fell off my dragon because I am not <laughs> super experienced with riding dragons. Okay. So like I literally fell off my dragon and I was like, okay, I'm here. <laughs> okay. We're here. <laughs> You know, and so uh, the dragon just kind of stayed, you know, behind me or whatever. And I like walked into this like, um, you know, huge castle golden thing. And um, there was like these ancient dragons all around me in the circle. I mean, it literally went from like in front of it to like now I'm inside. And then it, it just time was so fast there, but yet they felt yeah. so slow. It felt like they were moving at like, very, very slow, but it was so fast. Anyways, they were surrounding me and I was standing in this circle and I was barefoot and I could feel the, um, the symbols on the stone ground that was like ingrained into the ground. And what they did was they molted fire all together around me, which then created a liquid gold that went into um, these engravings up through my um, feet and then through my legs and then actually through my veins. And during this meditation, I'm not going to lie. I don't really like to say that meditations hurt, but when you're kind of processing that pain of, you know, your, your, um, your traumas or whatever, sometimes that it could feel like pain, but really it's those emotions coming up. And I'm not a person that cries or anything like that very often. I have a hard time releasing emotions. So when they come up, it kind of hurt, you know? So um, it literally felt like it was burning me in a sense. Um, But it was really interesting. And then um, I just kind of circulated throughout my whole body. And then they were like, kind of like 
using their tails to make like a rhythm, uh, a rhythm of a beat, like a drum or something like that. And then it was like also like the air whooshing kind of sounds on top of it. So it was like this uh, <laughs> rhythmic like beat thing going on too. Like it was like a whole thing happening. Yeah, and then finally mm -hmm. they, they kind of cleansed me a little bit from whatever mm -hmm. it is that I need to be cleansed from. And I was able to ride my dragon back, but I was just like, this is so fascinating. The elder that was like kind of talking to me, I mean, when I say he was old, he was super like, he looked like basically a rock, okay? He looked like rock body, like he was old. And yeah. he was like talking to me like um, in like a very ancient language. Somehow I kind of understood that what he was doing and that he just said that the, the purpose is big for for the uh for me to bring forward some of these messages and but you know we, we got to kind of clean up some stuff around here is, is basically what he said yeah so that was after i had read your three magazines so yeah <laughs> i was like maybe we should probably cut this video into like halves just in case the activations are too much for people because <laughs> i read yeah. all three of those and, um, and i was like whoa like this is like some serious activation right here so but it, the, the articles the the articles you wrote were just just beautiful it really did give me a lot of perspective and resonate with me quite on a deep level so yeah I do feel like there's going to be more for now they've told mm -hmm. me this is it for now because this is going to be a lot to digest for people this is like the chapter the Avalon chapter but then they said, we're, we're going to elaborate on the Atlantean chapter. They want to elaborate on different aspects and also the different types of dragons, like the ones that are assisting the humans, but also the ones that are assisting the earth and how we can help them, basically. Um, right. Yeah. So no, I definitely <laughs> had a feeling. Yeah, I definitely had a feeling myself that this was just the start to things or giving everybody little pieces right now so we can all come together and work together and give pieces. Um, I feel like I have a few other people that when they are ready, um, kind of give me other pieces of the picture, but I would totally love doing another um, podcast with you soon, um, whenever soon is, you mm -hmm. know, I mean, there's not really a set date because it depends on activations and what we experience of more um, upon these dragons. And there's so many different subjects with them, like elemental dragons, human dragons, um, you know, soul, dark night of the soul work. I mean, there's so many different like subjects we could we could kind of hit on with this. And yeah, and even the, like the dragon connection with the Essenes, the mystery school that Jesus was a member of. Like we could go on and on about just Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary. Oh yes, and, uh, and you know when you wrote that, I'm just like. Mary Magdalene has a way of finding me all my Mary Magdalene sisters, don't they? <laughs> she yeah, really and um, in, the in the magazine, there's even, well, in the second uh, and third magazine, there is a chapter channeled by Sarah, the daughter of Jesus and Mary Magdalene. She's, uh, she's in there. And because um, I, I have a course, a video course, and it's called Essene Teachings for the Modern Day Mystic. And it's all about the Essenes and, and the Gnostic Gospels and the teachings, the original Christ teachings and the feminine Christ that was basically um, erased from the traditional right. Bible. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the dragons. And I was always like, how do I have so, so many different interests? But now they're all coming together like Jesus, dragons. It's all connected. Atlantis, it's all connected. 
It is. And it's, and I felt a lot like that uh, recently too. I'm like, I have so many interests that are like pulling me different ways and I'm feeling yeah. really overwhelmed. But yesterday, actually, after I had read your magazine and whatnot, because I had just got done with, you know, how I had presented earlier, um, teaching people how to channel, because I kind of want to start like real basic, because I feel like a lot of these uh, psychics are like way up here. And people are like, like when I started, um, my awakening was quite a bit ago, like uh, 2017 or something. I mean, I feel like that's been a long time, but I didn't know what was what and everything was freaking me out and everything. Yeah. So I like kind of reminded myself to go back to that level of um, basic stuff and you know, how a teacher usually does. They spend all these years trying to figure everything out. But for the people that, you know, take my course or whatnot, they automatically will be activated at an accelerated rate versus spending years. Oh, it may take them a few months just to figure it out. So yeah. it's definitely something that what came up was Dragon Code. And I feel like there's way more that's going to come out of this that I'm really interested. I feel like it's going to be like this whole, um, like program for people, not only for you, but I, I feel like something's coming up for me with that. But yeah, all that came up was Dragon Code. And I was like, this is so interesting. I wonder what that means. So but anyways, I, I'm super fascinated with what you do with the Akashic Records. And, you know, obviously the Mary Magdalene thing. Um, I definitely like to maybe at some point set up a uh, time where you can kind of do maybe a reading about that or whatever comes up for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there's a missing I, piece there too. I can, I can feel that there's like a strong Christ energy about you. There's definitely connections with past lives with Mary Magdalene with Egypt uh, with like Isis all of these because of course Mary Magdalene studied under the the Isis lineage in Egypt. Uh, did you, have you read I was going to ask you that uh, yesterday. Have you read the Anna Grandmother of Jesus books? I don't think I've read that one. Um I've read a few things but I don't think I've got to that one yet no yeah if you, if you feel like the Sophia code has been so transformative for you then then you're definitely gonna love Anna grandmother of Jesus it talks about like the feminine people behind Jesus like all all the the teachers that he's had Mary Magdalene her training in Egypt uh the grandmother Anna and how she's basically this grand priestess of the Holocene community and Mother Mary how she was a uh, yeah basically this this priestess this she was trained in all kinds of alchemical esoteric wisdom yeah so I mean gonna, I'm gonna the... love that book yeah, I'm going to have to look it up because I, I just, I am stunned at the fact of how many high priests have been out of any text of history whatsoever. It's like only like, you know, like we have a lot of these priest teachings and all this unconditional love from the male aspect, but all these high priestess and the high priestess, not that male or women are any better than one another, but the high priestess women have, I feel a little bit different connection to the, um, the, what is it, different realms than the masculine does. The masculine, mm -hmm. to me, um, is very grounding. And um, for the, they do a little bit, in my, in my perspective, they do a little bit better in the human experience. They're very grounding. They're very, um, mm -hmm. they're very, they're better at being human, I think, sometimes than women does, uh, are, yeah. you know, women also go through a little bit more trivial things uh, with bodies and, and whatnot, too to uh, give a different perspective. So it just stuns me that we're like, 
you know, walk it around just with this male perspective. So I would totally love looking into that book. I really appreciate it. I, I probably, you'll have to send me a uh, text because I'm terrible at remembering things. Don't send me like a little message about that. <laughs> yeah, when you have kids and especially young kids, then then I was the same way. I was like, okay, I have to write this down because like in five minutes, it's going to be out of my brain yep. forever. So yep. I, I completely understand. I feel like I'm only now getting out of that that um, brain fog state that you have like for the first couple of years but yeah and, and also doing this work of course we are very much in our head and and yeah that's yeah. it's easy to forget earthly matters <laughs> yeah we'll have to maybe do a podcast too on um what is it uh, i was making a tiktok earlier this week about um the dark night of the soul with motherhood Mm-hmm. Give a perspective of um, I don't want to say darkness, but the challenges that come with motherhood from a spiritual yeah. perspective. I think that that would be really popular for the women, and since we are women, that would be. And great. that's something that actually came through from Mother Mary a few years ago. That she said these these challenges, these obstacles, are your mystery school initiations. They're basically your initiations, but now. You don't have to like do all these physical tests or these hard tests in these temples and in these pyramids. You don't have to do it this way anymore. Now you have to completely overwrite all belief systems. You have to look at your shadows. You have to look at your fears. And that's going to be your big test. However, I will say that a lot of us um, are bringing forward um, new ways of doing this uh, mystery schools. I feel like this whole movement towards homeschooling their children, not that I'm for or against, because I think pros and cons to both, um, this huge movement with homeschooling children and everything, though, I will say on a spiritual aspect, um, does uh, it's like the starting of recreating that mystery school because that has a more of a wild and free type of, mm-hmm. this is my sole individuality of skill versus um, everybody should do it like this. Yeah. Way it's just a huge movement that's happening. So I do also see in the future. I don't know if it'll be completely in our lifetime. I think it will start in our lifetime of this huge uh, movement back into uh, you know having kids in our in mystery schools or or classes or something too. Mm-hmm. So um, I just want to throw that in there as a little like I guess future insight or something. Yeah, but that is <laughs> that is true. More people are starting to see. That traditional educational system just doesn't work for, for these, new, these new earth. Yeah, for these new children, it doesn't work. Like when I look at my daughter, she's distracted and she's actually super smart, but she's homeschooled now. She's unschooled actually, but because we've all we've also been traveling for the last year and a half, so she's she's been out of school, but she is now speaking three languages. She can read in three languages um, and she, yeah, she's learning about different cultures just from being around different people and she's learning because we lived on a farm for a couple of months and she was learning from the different adults on the farm. She was learning about gardening. She's learning about taking care of animals and all these other people, they all had their own approach to how they did things. So I think that's really valuable for children to see how different adults do things differently. 
Right. No, I totally agree with you. That open perspective, even when it comes to dragons, you know, when it comes to learning anything new, just having an open perspective of what other people, even if you don't agree with it, it's like, don't fight it. Don't like, um, what is it? Don't like put yourself up against it. Kind of just receive it, take what yeah. resonates and just move on. Just move mm-hmm. on. <laughs> That's yeah. it. And so, if you're confident um, in what you choose, if you're confident in the life choices that you've made, then let them do their thing and you go do your thing that you are confident about anyway. So what does it matter what they're doing? Yeah. So whatever, whatever you choose, it's just um, implementing that 5% and that validation as parents. And then also even within your own spirituality and ascension is I guess what you could also take away here along with boundaries and, and dragon codes and all the dragon stuff. So, <laughs> Yeah. Well, this, this has been super interesting. It's getting kind of late here and I yeah, really have to I go do. to the bathroom and then maybe you have a little bit of time before your children wake up to take a few breaths in and out and connect with your dragon. <laughs> I appreciate your time. I really do. I really enjoyed our meeting and I really hope we could have another one soon. Yeah, I appreciate this conversation and yeah, getting these different insights from your, like what you've experienced. It's been really interesting talking about this and we'll definitely have to do this again. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It was very insightful. And if you are interested in reading these dragon channelings, I have them in my magazine, Activate Your Telephone Line to Source. I have recently also put them together in a short little dragon story that you can find on my website in PDF format. And also, if you are interested in your own dragon portrait with the activations in the eye and a dragon reading, I can hook you up. And I also have a friend who does dragon readings. And I can give you an insight into the Akashic Records on the timeline of you and your dragon guide. So if you're interested, just go to my website and contact me there. Bye-bye.